fun. <laughs> that was good banter. I felt like it was it excellent. Was, it was good. It went on. I was actually being mildly offensive yeah. because the banter was good. But the, the way banter... Sarah was mad, and I ignored it because banter. Well, banter has to stop at some point. Cheers you, you all just, around. You kept going. Um, <laughs> I'm not drinking the hot garbage you guys are, but thank God for that. This is good. I've made this, but refused to mix it. So the first half is going to be delicious, and the second half is going to be hot garbage. Oh, that's going to be great when it, yeah, it converges. It's almost like a Tinto de Verano, a little Spanish, a little Espanol. Hi, and welcome to the Harder French Podcast. I'm Cody, fuck off. I'm your. She's. She's. Keep stepping on my dick. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Burns Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me is my co-host, co-chef, Elliot Rogers-Klein. Captain Steck, uh, step on your dick. <laughs> and our uh, guest, again, also probably just the third mic by now, <laughs> the Sarah Mural. How are you doing? This is exactly how I try to get all my jobs. Like, I just show up because <laughs> someone asked me one time, and then the whole point is to go, oh, shit, like... She's not the worst. She's just always here. I woke up and I was like, what are you doing in the in the front room? <laughs> to be very clear, Dyke and I bartend together on the weekends. And he goes, I don't have a host for my second half of my Sunday recording session. And I was like, why don't you just call Sarah? And I texted her in the middle of the night. And she said, be there at two. Um, Which I appreciate. Thank you very much. Oh my God, of course. Um, the, the, uh, the goal was to have you be the co-host for this episode. And then have another guest, but we did not get another guest. Well, so get me. So you are the host, the guest, uh, everything in between. Welcome back, Adam and Starfire. Thank you for this two fingers of. Not I like I know that I want it to be the worst thing, but like there is a world in which this pie hole pecan pie whiskey liqueur. It's mixed with a liqueur. Canadian whiskey with pe- which pecan I did not, pie liqueur. I did not realize. 35% alcohol by volume and 70 proof overall. I didn't realize until I got it home that it wasn't just a flavored whiskey, that it was a flavored whiskey that was cut with a liqueur. And like, okay, so there is, so it, yes. Does it taste like syrup? Yes. Like, does it taste like the sweat at the bottom of like a grocery store pecan pie? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but... There is a world in which this is like um, mixed with something lime. It has it's just cut with so much acid and so much just like bubbles, right? So I'm thinking like, like before anyone comments, just like let me get my ideas out. So let's do lime juice, brewed champagne, a little bit of this, and mm, oh, some egg whites. Like, start with a little egg white. Make it like a Ramos Gin Fizz, but fizzed right. up with fruit. I, li- I like where your head's at with this. Tell me. And uh, let's, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, no one is going to drink this. This, this, <laughs> is, this is going to stay here. This is not I a plug. Was, I was literally, before you started going to, into the recipe, I was like, is there a salvation for pie hole? Is there a way to make it? Like, there was a, I think it was an episode of Cheers where there was a contest where they like, had like fish juice or something gross and they had to make it part of a cocktail. I mean, be clear, there's fish juice in the breakfast we just ate. Yeah. <laughs> like I this is the rancid fish juice of of uh whiskey. So if if you can, if you want to come back and try to give the pie hole a redemption and make a, a drinkable cocktail out of it, I'm here for it. What I don't understand is like why is it viscous? 
Like, it's, why is it's, it, like... That's the, the, the liqueur part, I feel like. That, but, like, even... Okay, so, like, how much sugar do you have to add? Like, super saturation, right? So it has to be even more than one-to-one. You have to do it under heat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, to, to try it as, like, the, the resident, like, the, knower of minimal oh, liqueur things... Thank you, Sarah, you, you for that. You could have gone with food, um, food scientists. To, 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 to define it as a liqueur... Uh, weird and horrible aspect of like the FDA in America in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has to be at least two percent sugar. Yeah, but two percent, right? That would be two. Grams. Depending on what you're doing is a lot. Two grams like, for every hundred grams. I mean, depending on what you're making, grams. it can be significant. Um, oh sure. Like cello, cello is supposed to be very strong and straight, mm-hmm. but the, the former distillery Dyke and I both have worked for. Um, and patronized for quite some many years, like it doesn't work. This is sweet and horrible, and honestly, actually tastes like it was flavored with stevia and not also, actual yeah, sugar. I was gonna say, like, look at the way it holds a bubble when you it, shake it. It has a level of legs and viscosity that Ugh. is deeply upsetting to really? visually encounter. Now, um, now, now one wait. of the things that's interesting, I will say, is can, it's Canadian whiskey with pecan pie liqueur, Let's so it pause. is just added. Let's pause because we're doing that thing that happens when you get myopic with your taste, mm-hmm. which is we are all involved with the same people. We all like the same whole muscle charcuterie with a nice bacterial bloom. But like this is made for this is made for 21 year olds who just got into the bar and they want a fucking layered shot with a little bit of canned whip on top and they would have a good time. And I can't but really was, argue with that application. Was, it, was that a good time when it was in your mouth? I mean, was the thing that... is, like, regardless of whether it was a good time when it was in your mouth, you didn't know because you were 22 or 23 even at the very latest. Oh. And Here's you just didn't give if, a fuck. If, if, this yeah. is, if this is supposed to just, like, get me drunk because I'm young and dumb, uh, it should be higher alcohol content. I mean, and at it a, should a 35% taste better. alcohol Wait, by volume, I agree I, with you. Can I ask you guys, like, a, like a question, like mm. a real one? How many of you did... Everclear Kool-Aid mix ice. I did that, but more often with vodka specifically. Like okay. I didn't oh. the Everclear I made jungle juice. And my jungle juice was, I would say, different than other people's jungle juice, but very specifically vodka <gasps> Kool-Aid was a thing. Okay. And not crushed ice, but like just like blend vodka with Kool-Aid, add it to like a glass yep. of ice. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. A little maybe a little bit of water, but like I wasn't thinking that far ahead most of the time. And the blender costs twelve dollars. Yeah. And most of the time, after one party, you're like, "All right, throw this blender away. It's yeah. garbage now. We've ruined it." Ver- version of that for sure. But if you gave me Everclear and Kool Aid on ice right now, I'd probably drink the whole thing. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't finish that. And, and, like, and it I just doesn't that taste. Full circuit commentary. Good. Like, no, like, we can we can talk about disgusting drinks. We drink. Here's the best. I'll try to keep this story short. <laughs> But when I turned 21, uh, it was right at the time when energy drinks were first coming out. Oh, no. And I had a friend uh, who was older than me by, like, f- four or five years. So she was worldly. <laughs> and, uh, and 24 she, and, and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah and yeah, so absolutely. she told me, she was like, Dyke, what you need to do, she was first time you go out to your bar, she was like, a great warm-up cocktail is uh, vodka and Red Bull. And at the time, this was like a new thing. You know, this was like a new. Oh, kind to be of- clear, Doc Michaels is an old man masquerading as a young. <laughs> and one. so I, I hadn't heard about 
Red Bull and all. So I was just like, okay. She goes, you know, it's just this great cocktail just to kind of get you going, kind of start your night off and blah, blah. And I was like, well, I got just got the inside track from a woman who knows what she's talking about. <laughs> so I sent my friend who was a year older to the liquor store, and this was like three months before I turned 21. And I was like, I think we should try these vodka Red Bulls at home. To learn, we'll these, take it over a little test drive. A little test drive, <laughs> and so he comes back. He goes. Uh, we were living in uh, uh, the South Broderbull area, and um, uh, the bottle shop. We live oh, like yeah. a block away from the bottle shop. So he comes back with a handle of Kamchatka and um, a forty ounce of a malt liquor that was called Red Bull. Oh no! Yes. Oh, and so, no. 21-year-old Dumb Dumb Dyke and my friend oh, no. tried to, are trying to figure out the best proportions no. of malt liquor and chocolate no, to, no. to mix together. And, and unlike my whole now where I just taste it and I go, this is poison and I'm done with it. Like me, I was trying to choke it down, like trying to be sophisticated. No. Like, You're cool. Like I'm trying to be sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This, and you thought this was a warm-up cocktail. Yeah, this is. So like, like after like uh, two or three of these malt liquor chocolate, does anybody else need a Zantac at this point? Like my heartburn is like kicking up with I'm just hearing the story. So yes, I'm very well versed in like being an idiot and drinking poison. <laughs> I used to. I went one time. I went to uh, Lollapalooza in Chicago. Hell yeah! Who's your bitch? Yeah, a friend of mine. Listen, it gets worse from here. <laughs> uh, a friend Buckle of mine was, was staying. She had this like sweet ass uh, internship, and she was staying like. In an apartment, like, on the lakefront, like, right by Grant Park. So we were there with her roommate, and we were, like, pre-gaming the morning of. And this guy, I think his guy, God, I think his name, goddamn name was Mike. But Mike sits there, and he has a handle of Dark Eyes Vodka. Mm. And two of those gas station packets of sour uh, gummy worms. Oh, okay. And I see him just rip the top off both of them. And he starts doing gummy worm, handle pull, gummy worm, handle pull, gummy worm, handle pull. And I was like... And I remember, like, you know, like, before you really realize what alcohol looks like, alcoholism looks like at your age, because you're 21, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, this looks destructive. Right. <laughs> and nobody really genuinely recognizes alcoholism from 25 south. Yeah, right? yeah. When you yeah. get to 26, 27, it's very obvious, and you're usually beyond <laughs> that point and you understand, but 25 south, it just looks like, that dude likes to party and I want to fucking hang out with yeah. that guy. Oh, it was all Lizzo. You know yeah. what? Mike was a great time. We had a great time. It, I and, hope he's well. And the fact that you frame it that way speaks volumes, because <laughs> if you really dissected it in a therapy kind of way, you'd be like, Mike was a scary motherfucker. Mike was, well, you know, he was just a drunk who liked to dance to EDM. and like, like <laughs> Right on, Mike. I hope you're doing that in heaven. Where you likely are. No, I hope Mike's okay and healthy. He was a nice man. A nice young man. You got cut off. You didn't finish it. Was that just it? That you just saw him doing that? <laughs> yeah, and then we just ran into him later. And every time that we ran into him, like, all throughout the day, it was the first time he had seen us. Oh. Well. Excellent. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I actually have a similar vein, like, uh, offshoot vein story. I, um... Went to culinary school before I went and got my bachelor's degree. So by the time I was in culinary school, I was well over 21. Or by the time I was getting my bachelor's degree, I was well over 21. Um, And I got really bored about midway through my bachelor's degree and said, fuck it. I'm going to go and do the Disney College internship program. And while that was... it, It was mostly like an excuse to be educated slash not work and not be in school. Because I was so burnt out on school. So I did it, I got it, I went, 
Everyone is 19 yep. to 22. And they're, um, and they're all from, like, South And they, 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 they group you and room you by, like, age group, realistically. So, like, any you don't get to ever stay with anybody that's under 21 if you're over 21. Mm-hmm. Someone, like, again, a group of, like, jaded-esque 22 to 24-year-olds. And we're all just, like, drunk always. And we just go to Disney World. That's all we do. We get drunk, go to Disney World. We're either working or we're just riding fucking Tower of Terror up and down, nonstop. Can I pause? Absolutely. You are the single grumpiest person I have ever met in my whole life. Why on earth would you put yourself in the literal happiest place on earth? I mean, to be clear, Sarah, Disney is magic and you need to get over it. The fact that I'm grumpy and also magical. Also, um, also, that level of grumpiness comes with age. So he didn't start off the grumpy. I was 23 at the time. Yeah, I'm now 32. Yeah. It is nine years he's past. Had, he's like, had scales on his yeah, eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there was joy and hope and promise. So there's, the, so there's the game Kings. It's essentially like just drink and drink until you can't feel your face anymore. That's correct. And we were doing Kamchatka and orange juice. I can't remember the name of that drink right now because I have been drinking for several hours. Orange juice and vodka, what is it called? Screwdriver. Screwdriver. Thank you very much. Um, So we're just doing kings and screwdrivers. I, like, decide to just play the game. I get so drunk, I'm, like, fighting people about my ex that doesn't even live in Florida. It's a whole Which thing. Which is the most Florida thing to do. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Yes. She moved to Alabama years ago. <laughs> oh, man. You um, were fighting over your ex who is from Alabama, from Florida. Right, right. Secretly, she actually lives in Kentucky, and I'm just uh, wasting. She was on the Florida uh, Georgia line. Ultimately, what I'm saying is, like, at that age, it doesn't matter what you're drinking. It really, really doesn't. Which is why... This three and a three eighths full pile will likely be donated to a young twenty one year old with no sense about the world. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's we we will put a pin in the in the in the pie hole redemption. Um, I'm not against it. If if I I love being proved wrong. So Sarah, if you would like to, you know what? We should almost probably just do that for an episode. Yeah. We each try to come up with a drinkable pie hole cocktail. Yeah. It's the offshoot. It's called cocktail mistakes. Cocktail mistakes. Um, I'm not. I'm not against that. Um, this is the. Drink uh, it again. You keep going back. I mean, you drink all the fucking pineapple juice already. I, I drink. Don't there's a there's whole, there's whole other can in there. You're a little grumpy boy. I'm not grumpy. I'm just sassy. Little grumpy I'm drunk. buddy. <laughs> little grumpy buddy. I've been drinking all morning because Dyke's electrical system can't handle waffle irons. Well, that was last week's episode. Um, <laughs> On this week, we don't talk about old stuff, alright? We don't talk about old shit. Past is in the past, my friend. Um, did you hear when uh, somebody somebody was trolling, uh, I think it was when uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was like kind of trolling uh, OJ? What? what? Sorry. Piehole and pineapple juice. You're the worst person alive. Go on, Dyke. So <laughs> what do you think he's fucking drinking? Not that. Not, not piehole. Well, I'm drinking pine pine. So okay. you guys can get the fuck over it and move on. Sorry, I'm sorry that I even... That Dyke's I commenting on last week's episode. We're double episoding right now. <laughs> the fuck over it. Somehow, Elliot's drunkenness from last week carried over to this week's episode. <laughs> through the... Incidentally, I wasn't here last week and Dyke was so drunk he didn't notice. <laughs> no, there's... Uh, there was podcasting magic. He just, he just, he just stepped all over it. Uh, so fucking bad. So, uh, no. It's drinking so bad, I'm adding water, folks. Oh, okay. 
that's, that's gross. It's not enough. No, uh, I don't know whose water that was. I'm pretty sure enough. like Sasha Baron Cohen had OJ on a show. He was like in disguise. He was trolling him. Oh. And he keeps bringing up that he's like, oh, you know, you kill your wife. It's okay, right? And like, OJ's like, oh. but OJ's thing to say like anytime someone brings it up, he goes, uh, yeah, we don't talk about the LA thing. The LA thing. The LA. You know, like, just like hard right turn. When you almost decapitated two people. I went to the kitchen for 30 seconds and came back, and we're talking about the OJ case, so I'm not really <laughs> sure what happened. If you want to get um, really deep into it and kind of bummed out about it, listen to your wrong about. It's so good. Dude, we did this last week. Right, right. I'm already a say, fan. You made me a fan. We've already plugged all of our favorite I, podcasts I, I, last I, week. I'm six episodes deep in it. <laughs> I, balls deep in your wrong about. I love it. Team Marsha Clark. Um, I've been listening to the Dark Tower series. If you guys want to go deep in that, <laughs> so this is, we're getting off the rails here. We just started uh, more off the rails than the food conversation we had on the last podcast, which was intense and an hour long. I, well, like last time we were all together, we talked about a sexual assault for a long period. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. I have, the I levity have, needs to be up. I, I have to your... cover my platform, okay? And I've accomplished it on this podcast. I'll accomplish it on everyone else's media thing. <laughs> And then I'm going to start my own podcast. <laughs> so realistically, Sarah, you've been deep diving into like the cultural ethos that is Indianapolis with your coalition work and your do through and seven. Like, yeah. what's going on in your world? You're really, really like kind of just penetrating every market that is available to you. Um, let's see. Right now, uh, I'm writing. I wrote the most of the cover story for Indianapolis Monthly in January. Um, cover I, story. Yeah, babe. I'm back. I'm back on the uh, cover. Give me a title line. Nice. Um, it's, all, it's all about dive bars. Okay. It's really fun. I got to go, like, I got to go talk to the best fucking people on earth, which is, like, every person over 50 who owns a bar is the best person on earth. Oh, yeah. Um, seriously. Because like, they've seen it all? Oh, like, dive bar owners are the best. They, like, they, they're... Irritated the whole time that they have to talk to you and you're not ordering drinks, which is completely right. They've reasonable. seen it all and they don't want to even talk about it. At all. Yes, correct. Absolutely. They're just like, you know what the deal is here. Please don't fight. <laughs> and if you're gonna fight, fight outside. Thank you. Uh, and oh, then, you're here for an interview. Well, Jeff will be here later. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I got that treatment like a bunch of times. Like, like all these bartenders who like legit like. There's one woman. Like it's always like one. Okay, and you know what I what I'm talking about when I say like road hard but still pretty hot. Yes. You know what I mean? I, like, are you talking, the about, are you talking about the owner of the New Yorker? <laughs> <laughs> I think the term is road hard, put away wet. Right. That would be the term implying that they look bad. But this is like road hard. Like, like it's always like women over 40 who look like they've like had a little a rough A hot travel. woman with a rough life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. still has like... Like looks hot. Like, yeah. like you're not sure if she looks 34 because she actually looks 44. But like you're like but really into it. Also, like there's yeah. something about them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. There's just you're something gravitating. You want to have a conversation. Yeah. You have two extra gin and tonics that are really, yes. really disgusting. Yes. And the second one, she definitely used soda water and all that. Yes. Tonic, and you're you not gonna correct her. Do not care. Yeah. Because absolutely. you're just like I just want to talk to you, Teresa. Like you know, like I'm <laughs> Teresa. Just here. Absolutely. Her name is Teresa oh. or Jennifer. Yeah. But that is the person. <laughs> And that is the, the, the focus of your, uh, apparently, front page news on the hey. Indianapolis market. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm my, into it. The, my favorite thing that I encountered was at the Raceway Pub, which is, like, out in Claremont. 
Oh, you took oh, my... You merely inherited the West Side. <laughs> I was born in the dog. <laughs> Referencing in by an actual it. place means you're a journalist. Like, because, let's be clear, it does not exist. It's Brownsburg or Indy. Yeah. We're done. So, at the Raceway Pub, they have part of the um, building is held up by the stripper pole. They call it the load, a load-bearing stripper pole, which apparently is, it is, in fact, integral to the structural soundness of the establishment. So... Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so, uh, so what I mean by that is if you are concerned about the structural integrity of other stripper poles, they got your game over there at Raceway Pub. Uh, We're okay. Yeah. This is the um, this is our holiday episode, by the way. I, I mean, probably should have led with that. <laughs> Technically, yes, I guess. Well, this is going to be next week's episode, so <laughs> it really will be the holiday episode. So, um, I don't know. What's your best... What's your best holiday fail story? Do you have a good one? Um, my best holiday fail story is the fact that my mother texted me this morning and asked if I needed to ride a family Christmas in Evansville today. Instead, I came and made chicken and waffles with you guys. <laughs> that's um, it. That's it. That's the fail it. story of the century. Yeah. I mean, uh, my mom realistically liked to cut off the bullshit because obviously that's a fail and not a joke. Um, I, my mother had ten brothers and sisters. Um, extrapolate that out. My grandfather had over a hundred grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Fuck that. Um, so my... It, 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 we don't have time. Like, yeah. There's a pod... That's a podcast in and of itself. Um, realistically, it's just like every Christmas is insane. Um, my whole family, we... W- when we moved up here, Thanksgiving was hard. We couldn't cook for four people because every Chris- every Thanksgiving is 40-plus people. Yeah. Like, and we don't know how. Like, we went out to dinner for six years straight because we didn't know how to cook for that small amount of people. And Dyke can, Dyke can probably relate to that as a professional cook. Mm. Cooking for a small amount of people is so difficult when you've been ingrained <laughs> in a professional Like, we, we made waffles for three people today. Yeah, yeah and we made 19 <laughs> waffles. Yeah, absolutely. Which are delicious. So, my way. messed up Christmas stories, realistically, come from, like... The segregation of, like, a sibling group. <laughs> my aunts, some of them are very religious, but it, it, it's because they, they, they their birth schedule scans two decades. Mm-hmm. My mother and my closest aunt are the two youngest. Yeah. And then some of my aunts are in their, like, late 60s, early 70s. So yeah. there's a 10 to 12 to 15 year separation. And so this... So the religion and the social implications of that just kind of earmark themselves, be the the, de- the decade and or the president being impeached or not. Um, and so my, my my childhood was really interesting regarding like larger family gatherings that happen in the latter half of the year. Party. Party hard. No alcohol is allowed, by the way. Same with my family. And also, yeah. most of the children, of the, yeah. the immediate grandchildren are in their early 30s, and we are not okay with the no alcohol yeah. situation. When, I, when, I, when I've talked to people that like really are into like their family and like holiday stuff, and I, I, I've, I've, never been able, I've never been able to understand, and then I was just like, wait a second, are you allowed to, and they're like, oh yeah, we all get drunk together, well, I'm like... Like, well, like, I've never no, had a drink in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I feel when people are like, oh yeah, then we go out in the garage and smoke food with my dad. And I'm like, damn it! And to be clear, last night, Dyke and I both bartended a wedding, and three of the coolest people there, I walked out to drink trash out, and they were just chief and hard. And nice. it was a marked moment in my existence where culturally, they reeked of marijuana. 
reeked. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm trying to hide this. I put on... Okay, like, you faster, Steve. <laughs> like, like, I put on... Like, like, I sprayed deodorant. Nobody sprayed anything. They were just like, hey, I reek like weed. Get over it. Yeah. And it was a marked moment historically for me where it's like, oh... At weddings, like grandma who's 90, 16 billion years old doesn't give a shit. No. Because genuinely, she didn't give a shit 25 years ago, but now it's socially acceptable. Um, Cody. Cody. Cody, our producer, is very angry about marijuana speech. He doesn't like um, that. One time I went to the my dad's uh, like, like, like colleague's Christmas party like on Christmas Eve night. <clears throat> And she has two twin boys um, who were like, hey, I was just turned 21. And they're like, hey, have you ever shotgunned a beer? And I was like, no. Was like, Great. Come to the garage with us. So I was like, sweet. And I went out there and I learned to shotgun beers, which I had to practice once. And then I had to do a real one. So I shot. And then you beers. destroyed both of them, you know, in fine form. Uh, no. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. No, I, um, despite my reputation, you'd be surprised at how many dudes I choose not to fuck. Were you, I was, well, I wasn't going to go there. Uh, I was going to ask, <laughs> I was going to say, did you, you strike me as a person who, um, were just, was probably like a good girl when you were younger mm-hmm. and then, and then slowly the veil dropped. You slowly, yeah, slowly well, the world, years, the world like, has presented itself to you. It's that, like when you so, start off that story, like I went into the garage and shotgun a beer. I've never done that before. Yeah. I just imagine like a completely different scenario. The moments after shotting a beer just like are transformative. <laughs> um, I mean like I was, like I actually was a good kid. My parents always like treated me like I was like secretly committing felonies. <laughs> that if they just like weren't telling everyone. He was like, like A minus. I have a weird <laughs> parallel to yeah, you, honestly. So, um, so I like lived the life of someone who was guilty of something for like most of my adolescence. And then when I got out to actually try stuff, I was like, like that really was my first time. Yeah. And then, like, and, I really am a good kid. Yeah. And it was like, like realizing all at once, like how incredibly sheltered I was, like despite like spending most of my adolescence grounded for questionable guilt of <laughs> right, accusations. Right. Um, but yeah, I was gonna tell you my 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 greatest fail was that I got really wasted, and then I went to church at midnight, and I was got drunker as I sat in the pews. So by the time they did the final benediction, which is like usually Oh Holy Night, which is my favorite Christmas like religious song, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Amazing. I've never heard that in my entire life. Moving um, on. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, oh, it's O Night Divine. This is um, some Catholic shit. Yeah, no, I'm some Satanist level shit right we're, here. We're Methodist, but oh. uh, but I mean, like, I think that's like, one of those like nice things that like applies. Like everybody likes like the hope of redemption. Whatever, it's whatever. very warming, etc. Yeah. yeah, and I was just scream singing it at the top of my lungs because I was just hammered. And I was so drunk and, and screaming these like hymns so loud that like the people like the, like the old people in the church were like. But you really felt the spirit of the Lord tonight. I was like, Jesus. yeah. Yeah, like, It's like yeah. going to church camp. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah like, I got the spirit of the Lord all over me. I yeah. shotgun 24 ounces of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. 13-year-old you at church camp <laughs> pretending like you hear spirits and running <laughs> through the thing like you have your speaking tongues. Been there, done that. I, uh, I had a, we used to go to, we had midnight mass. Like when I was growing up. Oh yeah. Uh, Chris, oh. Christmas was always like uh, you would you would stay up late Christmas Eve doing 
Christmas stuff, and then we would go to midnight mass. Yep. But then when we came back, it was technically Christmas morning. Yeah. So that's like what Santa would come when we were at church mm. and um, all that stuff. But as I got older, I just hated going to midnight. I was just like, I was just done. No, I'm asleep and I'm 13. I, I want to sleep. Well, more. like, well, like, but by the time I was in high school, I was just like, I'm just done with Catholicism, really. Yeah. Um, but I had you do. the girl that I lost my virginity to, um, and we, I, I was, I was a newly sexual child. Like, I don't know if just, I was like, like, never, ever string those words together. <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever again. I was a 16 year old who had had sex seven times. That is perfectly descriptive. All right. Use, use all those it's words. It's equally inappropriate, but more reasonably descriptive. <sighs> um... But so so we got left. I somehow talked my way out of actually going going to mass. So my my grandparents, my mom, my whole family goes to mass. Leaves me and my girlfriend at home, and um, she keeps trying to initiate original plan. No, we've had sex a few times. She keeps trying to initiate sex, and I'm like, like my family's at like mass. They're they're like a few blocks away at mass, like. Like I like also like I I don't live here. It's my grandparents' house. Like oh. I don't I don't want to like bang it out on their bed. <laughs> like, like and I know this sounds counterintuitive to anything that like a sixteen year old boy would be about, but I'm just like I can wait till tomorrow. Well, like, there's like well, there's a lot of trivia. Well, I was just like very like I there's I don't want to get in trouble here. And she was being very, very aggressive and, like, kind of being... Like, she she was a year older than me. Hey. So she was, like, being very kind of sexually aggressive. And, like, when she realized that I was... It was, like, a hard no. Yeah. Then it just be kind of, like, became this weird, flirty, playful thing where we started, like, wrestling under no, the Christmas tree. No! And, like... Okay. Sorry, this is a Donny Hathaway song. <laughs> <laughs> and so... And so now it's just kind of, like, the, like... Oh, you know what? Oh, okay. Well, what... What, what if I hold your arms down like this? And I was just like, well, oh, I, I don't And she's, so she's like dominating me under this Christmas tree. And like, we're being super fucking like weird and flirty. And then my entire family shows yes! up and sees us through the window. And my grandma, to her deathbed, was convinced that we were fucking under this Christmas <laughs> tree. <laughs> such a good boy. <laughs> I was just like dry humping under the Christmas say, tree. I was just rubbing my boner on the scroll through my clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very you know, like, like there was there was two pieces of cloth between me and the Lord. Um, Jesus Hold wasn't on. prepared for that story. Jesus will be right back. No, I've met multiple like- people who have pits, like super short hair pit bulls, and I, I see them outside. I saw one today on my way to your house, Dyke. And I, it was taking a poo, and it was fine, or whatever, and it probably got put on a lead. It was on a lead, and it probably got put on a lead, like, within the within 10 minutes. And I was, like, kind of uncomfortable. As I was driving, driving by, I was like, that's a short-haired dog. If it's out for more than 10 minutes, like, you're kind of being a dick. And unless it has, like, a direct avenue to being inside. Or a little sweater. <laughs> Cody is uh, distracting our... Co-host Sarah, who actually has the best knowledge about this comment that he's, I'm making. He's so, I mean, he's just so sweet. He is very sweet. Our producer, oh Cody, is the sweetest of the sweet. Realistically, if you have a short-haired dog, don't leave it out for more than 10 to 15 minutes. It's cold. You're cold. It's cold. The end. 
This is great. We, we came in hard back from like fornicating under a Christmas tree. Like, and then and then he had short hair and I didn't like it. <laughs> what are they talking about? Elliot's very full of passion. I am a passionate man today. He's about 0.11 passion by volume. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This pie hole is doing me great, great positive things. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sarah, the, 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 this, I kind of like wedge this into the podcast to yeah. make this a thing, but I feel like one of the most underrated candy bars of all time is Hershey's Symphony Bar. It has sometimes been called like an old man candy bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I will say this, it's, it's everywhere you want to be. It's at every gas station, <laughs> CVS, Walmart. It's 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 been lying in the background of your entire life. Do you know what I actually remember it from? Like more than anything, is a uh, hospital. Uh, what are those called? Gift shops. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I felt like it was always like You're right like, by the register at hospital gift shops. So Nana's like, about to die. Sad. She's circling the drain. Yeah, like better give her a symphony bar. It's her fave. But try it. Try, try well, it out. It? It's a milk chocolate with toffee. And um, an almond, you know. So I feel like it's made by Hershey's, uh, out of Hershey's PA. So before yeah. you speak and you're just really enjoying it, yeah, my yeah. essential assessment was Hershey's milk chocolate, but good. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of Hershey's bars and been deeply disappointed. And as a child, I was exceptionally opinionated. Both of these people that I'm podcasting with are genuinely surprised by my opinionated nature. Wait, shut up. Through Wait, line. Does this um, have some like some kind of texture to it? Yeah, it's got toffee. So it's supposed to be like a crunch? Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily, I don't know if a crunch, but like, uh, yeah, there's something in there. There's a little bit something more than Hershey's did you, did you just get the? Did you just get the end, maybe? So I, I don't like two full squares, and I have no, not, nothing crunching. So there's no real texture, necessarily. It's milk chocolate, but good. It is. It's, it's more it, like it's, um. That's my best, very baseline um, description of it. It's more like milk of butter. I will give you that. It's got like that malted something or other. There's something I've already had in chocolate. Thank you so much, though. You should eat it. Drop it in her pie hole glass. Um, <laughs> realistically, though, growing up, I was very judgmental of Hershey's milk chocolate. I had a strong opinion very young okay, but, for okay. Hershey's. This Symphony Bar, which Dyke introduced me to... This just says creamy milk chocolate. Right. I've never had it before. I've never right, heard maybe of it. Maybe I lied about the other ingredients. Right. Get down. Um, he said Symphony Bar yesterday, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I or saw maybe the, there's two kinds of Symphony Bars. I saw the wrapper today and was like, holy shit, I've definitely seen this wrapper, but I've never had this candy bar. Yeah. I tried it while we were cooking, and I was like, oh wow, this is like, again, milk chocolate, but good. It's good. Um, it's got more depth of flavor to it than any milk it chocolate. Hits it. Like, I can feel my, my yes. sugar levels going off. You did get the wrong kind, did you it? dummy. You got just the creamy milk chocolate kind. There's Symphony, creamy milk chocolate, almonds, and toffee chips. It has That's what you need. Blueprint. You need the blue one. I got the red one. But I wonder, was like, was like Hershey's Symphony? Uh, was that like, did that like predate the uh, just the regular Hershey bar? No, I don't think so. I think I think this is, um, they were trying to jazz it up. Do oh, you want to give us the the real deal, Holyfield? I mean, I, you know, I love reading a, about. Yeah, I was gonna say, you have that. You got that wiki up. Um, savor a candy bar with a full orchestra of flavor. Discover the origins of Hershey's extra creamy milk chocolate bars or choose a size to see ingredients information. Well, okay, here we go. 
Hershey debuted. <laughs> this is now. This is good radio. <laughs> Hershey debuted Symphony Chocolate Bars in 1989 after five years of development. Five years, and that's what you come up with. <laughs> I feel like the three of us could come up with fucking gold Fuck, by yes. five years. Like, so, like now, like that's enough time to get like a hundred million dollar investment for your VC. <laughs> like. I mean, for your. I have Twitter. It's not like Twitter, but it's about vaginas. Yeah, like, like someone's just, just whatever. Dumping hundreds of millions of dollars yeah, in that as we speak. Prior to today's Symphony Bars, Mr. Hershey introduced their predecessor, the Mild and Mellow Milk Chocolate Bar. Calm down. In 1934, this remained in production until the end of 1941. It was discontinued due to sugar rationing during World War II. What a drag that must have been. <laughs> Um, okay, Symphony Bars have the same ingredients as classic Hershey Milk Chocolate Bars, but in different amounts. Okay. The result is creamier milk chocolate that tastes like closer to European varieties. Boom. Okay. I mean, it sort of sounds like low-key I was right when I said it's milk chocolate, but better. It's a European European version of milk chocolate bar. You know, Elliot, if you just take two Ziploc bags and you fill them with mushroom soup and you wedge them between two uh, cushion pillows, like like couch cushions after you warm up in the microwave, you can just fuck that all night and day. And then you can put a picture of yourself on the couch. And then it'll be like the level of masturbation that you want with the sensation I think you need. I feel like without the proper lubrication that your entire plan is No, I think your tears will be just fine. Uh, (laughs) Cody, I concur. (laughs) So yeah, so imagine, I guess, I put... Cody Cody is deeply censoring us at this point. Uh, So I apologize. Imagine that... But also, uh, what is it? What? Toffee and almonds? Yeah, no, that sounds great. Yeah, you need the toffee That's and almonds. That's a Keith Bar, Hershey with almonds kind of kind of orgy that I can definitely get behind. Right, um, and you were commenting, like, am I supposed to feel a crunch? And I feel like you were waiting for the nougat or the almond. I was. The, I was whatever. waiting for the crunch. I, I forgot. Say, I right, the, the thing that made it special. Because aside from that, it's just Hershey's milk chocolate with a little bit of something. I wish everyone could just see the expression on Cody's joyful face right now. It's really, really excited about Sarah's evisceration of me as a person <laughs> in general. <laughs> I just like the fact that she started off with mushroom soup. So you were very into it. Like, is she giving me a recipe? <laughs> I, I just figured that he would like a little texture. You know? <laughs> Speaking of, where's the crunch? You know? At some point, it's just a bag of like, mushroom soup, you know. Some ridges for his pleasure. That's why I said uh, two bags of mushroom soup and then a bag of brittle bird bones. So there would be a crunch. <laughs> gotta get the friction in there somewhere. <laughs> That's how you polish the head. You're both sick bastards and I envy you deeply. Yeah. My creativity goes as far as beige. Hey, Elliot, uh, do you know what the difference is between uh, an ISIS training camp and a children's hospital? You're a pussy. Oh, I, I don't know. I just fly the drones. Sarah <laughs> <laughs> so is going to be doing a weekend at Helium Comedy Club. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> uh, I wish. You know, like, I would really, I feel like I would really like to do comedy, but also, like, I feel like the second, for me personally, and this is just, like, me talking out, like, my own imposter syndrome. Like, sure. The minute that I say, like, yes, I'm doing this, it's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Uh, I think, I think honestly, comedy would just be more of everything that you hate yeah. in, in the world. It's, it's just, it would, it's almost, I feel like for like a woman, it's just almost more distilled down to like a free base yeah. kind of thing because it's just like everyone that like says shitty things to you online, 
Uh, now just have, feels like carte blanche to come up to you after a show and be like, let me tell you how women can be funny. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, like in my face, like perfumey. Yeah. Like, oh, like. Yeah. Right and like, here. And like 10 of you in the line. Organically grown <laughs> on the premises. Outstanding. Can't wait. Not to latch on to Sarah's commentary, uh, all the women things aside, I also think imposter syndrome, like. Literally, like. Like Western civilization, colon. All women things aside. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ, I am the misogynist piece of shit of this podcast. I don't really know how to move forward. Ultimately, what I'm saying is I agree with Sarah in the regards that I think Dyke invites people who would be fucking fantastic out of uh, stand-up comedy if they would get out of their own goddamn ways. Sarah and I both included in that statement. No, I just think that I have no desire. Like, you nailed it, Dyke. Like, mm. I have no desire to, like... like I enjoy myself and my life and I enjoy like the social connections that I make and like the minute that I would go out there I would meet like 30 fucking Todds who go to who are gonna leave their work they're gonna go do the same goddamn thing that they've done for 30 fucking years they're never gonna have any threat to their well-being or way of life and they're gonna come up to me while I'm you know risking it all on stage in front of them and tell me all the reasons that they hate it for a risk that they'll never take like yeah nah. and how do you talk to those people right and then I right. would say hey fuck you I hope you get I hope you fall into a running chipper shredder right like, the absolute best version is fuck you yeah like what can you else say that would be funny that wouldn't be funny to you because if it's not funny to you why would you even say it why would I even say it absolutely I, I, I think this comes up yes Cody, producer Cody is very dis- disappointed in our topic of cold of Cody, uh, here, comedy at this point. Come here. I feel waffles like, for Cody. Sit. I feel like it definitely is a thing where in comedy where it's just like, um, you know, and, and I, I've I've heard like I feel like you have to kind of thread the needle in the right way and like and address this in a certain way where it's before it's just like. Sometimes people said like, "Oh, women aren't funny," mm-hmm. and I, I, I think in a specific, specifically in a stand-up comedy situation, I think it's more along the lines of one. I, I don't personally think women have to be funny as as, as as a as a as a cultural like necessity. You know what I'm saying? Like, you like, like- they women are hilarious, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying like that's like almost like a. It's almost like a thing that like you mean, a, you mean like there's no reason that we have to go out like no one should feel like the the impetus to like have to prove something. Well, like I feel like in like kind of a traditional like like human society like that wasn't a thing. That wasn't a survival skill that women needed where it was just like if you couldn't like spear a buffalo then you should be funny. You know what I'm saying for a man. Where it was just like a, like a, like that was never a thing that was just like well is she funny? Like, guys never thought that. Like, there was never a thing where it's just like, well, a woman needs, you know, to be funny. Like, it's always been a bonus. No, a woman doesn't need to be funny. She needs to be hot and silent. <laughs> Fair. Like, but, uh, like but, I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not arguing with you. It's just that because women's intellect has never been valued. Like, sure. being funny has been equally valued as, like, being smart. Like, but, yeah, have, like, but... Like, Hedy Lamar invented the the um, the frequency jumping that allows Bluetooth. Yeah. And, like, if you look at a picture of Hedy Lamar, like, they're all of her in those sparkly bikini top. Like, I, I granted, she was an actress and she had those taken by a studio. But it's, like, you know, she's always going to be remembered first and foremost as a, as a super hot, like, actress. Not, like, maybe one of the single largest contributors to, like, modern technology as we know it in 2019, even though she's been dead for... 
50 years. And akin to every other woman who's made, like, massive discoveries or scientific fucking marvels in the last hundred years is, what was her attractiveness level like? Well, what she looked like in the photos. There's uh, specifically one of the women who, I can't remember her name right now, and my apologies overall. She was one of the foremost fucking people in racing, and she, like, pushed that envelope. And she was oh, yeah, her. exceptionally attractive. But no one ever commented. She was fucking an amazing person on the track. She was one of the best. Like, despite all other gender whatever. She was better than most men. Yeah. And if you read all the articles ever mentioned about her, it was always about her level of attractiveness. It had nothing to do with her skill. Nothing to do with her focus and her drive and her, like... I've always done this, like, from the age of, like, 20 to, like, 47. Like, that's all I've ever focused on. I can rebuild my car from the fucking... Like completely built to nothing and back, like that doesn't matter. How pretty is she? Yeah, I guess Just jump off of what Sarah I, had said. Initially. I, guess, I guess let me rewind here. So, I what what I was trying to say is that I guess like uh, historically, uh, there's been certain things that like maybe men or women needed to you know quote unquote get by. The humor was not necessarily a thing that women was in in the toolkit. That, like, a woman, like, like if we're going to go from, like, looks to, like, these I gotta, things. I got to tell you, like, uh, the first thing that you need to survive in a man's world is a real good sense of humor. Sure, absolutely. But what I'm, uh, what I'm saying is, uh, like, as far, like, okay, as far as, like, stand-up comedy goes, mm-hmm. like, it, 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 it has been, you know, historically a man's game. And then almost to the point where, like, when women come in, it's like, oh, well, she's got, like, a sense of humor like a guy. You know, it's, like, like one of those things. But, like, so it's always kind of been in, in this avenue where it's, like, I guess, like, a woman doesn't need to do that man type of stand-up comedy historically. Unless she just really fucking wanted to. And I would say because it came with... So much other bullshit, you know. Like, like you would have to like if you look at like, like Joan Rivers. Like, you look at these historic, like, like women comics. Like, they went through a bunch of, I would say, unnecessary bullshit because they wanted to do this thing. And I'm sure with everything in a man's world, like, like specifically with comedy, it was just like you could have not been a comic, but you really wanted to do this, and and now everything. You know, as I'm saying this, apparently that's probably with everything and not just comedy. You know what? You know what? You know how you could double your audience? <laughs> Is if you have the audio portion and then you have a separate YouTube video where your two male hosts talk about women's issues and there's just a camera on the woman's face. <laughs> and you can subscribe and it can be like uh, harder brunch female guest reactions. And you can just double your audience with just like every woman watching my face going like, oh, yikes, that poor that guy. Yeah. So, uh, I guess what I was trying to say is, as with comedy and probably other things, uh, it's probably harder to be a woman and do it. I think it's the hardest to be, um, I mean, like, here's the thing. I'm not, like, trying to play, like, identity politics bingo card with anybody, but, like, like, it's, it's easiest to be a white dude. It's second easiest to be a white woman. Uh, did, you, did you watch the comedy special Elder Millennial? Yes. Yes. Um, so I, I watched about six minutes of it and I had to turn it off, um, because, uh, I didn't particularly find the subject matter, like, funny, like, from the jump, but I thought, like, 
Like the one that I had just watched before it was Aziz Ansari, who mm. like starts off his whole thing with talking about like his fucking, you know, situation that happened sure. with him last year. And he's year. it's so different than his initials. He's right. sitting down, he's wearing a Metallica t shirt, he's right. not dressed up, right. He's not super animated, he's yeah. sitting. It, it's it's a hundred percent opposite of his normal. And it's and, and he's like <clears throat> the one person who's like gotten it right, um, about like you know, just like I'm really sorry I made this person feel that way, and then like that's kind of the end of it. Like right. yeah. that's kind of we're gonna, we're, but we're gonna acknowledge it, and then we're just, let's let's move, move on. on. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, but then like I switch it over to what was this comedian's name? Eliza. Eliza. That's it. Slushinger. Slushinger. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably go by just Eliza. Too. It's it's a hard name to get out. Um, but she goes by the whole thing. But like you know, like I watched, um, I watch all these like male comics because I love male comics because I like sure. comedy. Um, will like come out and like they're dressed in their like you know three year old Cabela's like fishing shirt and like you know m- more thinking of Mark Marin at this point. <laughs> and then like this Eliza woman comes out and she is she has a full face of makeup on. She looks gorgeous. She has like like gorgeous like she's just like hot and has these like yeah. tall hot pants. She has like a half. She's super on. done up. It's she's, she's beautiful. Hot, right? Absolutely. And then like. She starts talking, she starts making jokes that remind me, and there's no other way that I can <laughs> describe this person. It's like your coworker's wife that everyone calls, quote, a card. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like funny at cocktail parties, girl, which is kind of mm. what I feel like I am. But it was like, it, it, like, for some reason, I just got, like, turned off by it because it was like, I know 10 funnier com- comics who are, like, not conventionally hot like she is. But, like, you know, Aziz Ansari gets to go back on and do his bit after these accusations, which, like, we talked about last time. But he gets to do it in, like, a Metallica t-shirt and he gets to sell out that audience. You know what right. I mean? He's not, like, put, pulling his he tits He doesn't up. have to have his tits He's in. not wearing boob tape. Yeah. He's not really yes. trying. Yes. And to be clear, Eliza Schlesinger, that's her outfit. Like, I know. If you go back through all of her specials, it's basically the same outfit, just getting slightly sexier over time. Right. Um, but I get you because yeah. he goes from being let's let's all three be agree very attractive yeah. to a schlub, and yeah. the schlub is where all but, the but eyes are on him because men, he's made a mistake. All the men get to be schlubs, you know what I mean? Right, like, and that's the overall vibe: yeah. is men can do whatever the fuck they want; it doesn't matter. Women have to be like pert and pretty, and you then they be, say some crazy, assumedly crazy shit to right. men, male right. audience. But if they're schlubs, right. Men aren't even paying attention, and right. it's bullshit. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And I actually, to one of my female friends who I'm very close with, recommendations, did watch that comedy mm-hmm. special. And I got turned off mostly because 90% of it was about her marriage and her You're talking about two different um, specials. No, Liza Schlesinger's last special was about marriage. Yeah, that's yeah. not the one she mentioned. Elder Millennial. That's she, the last she, one. she started, she, she kicked it off talking about... What was the name like, of the last one, Dyke? Um, something to do. It was a wedding pun. Yeah, well, it wasn't anyway, Elder Millennial. The last one was about her wedding. The most recent Liza Slashing. Correct. You guys are talking about two. To, I will bet you hundred dollars. Names aside entirely. I'm not. Who's correct and who's wrong aside? My point is still valid. Google it. You have a phone. I'm recording most of the on my time phone. Talking about marriage, and I was. I, I have no relation to marriage because I'm not married. No. Regardless of, like, female, male, I'm not married. And so, like, while I listen to and enjoy the special, I, I'm not married. So I don't, I don't, I work for a wedding company, essentially. And so there's some small things where I'm like, haha, you guys have no fucking clue what you're talking about because being part of the staff is really hard in comparison. But ultimately, I'm not married, so that part 
the special didn't really resonate with me as a person. Sure. Overall, Liza Schlesinger is honestly like almost a case study in comedians, especially female comedians, because her first special is hard to watch. Um, genuinely, she makes goat noises most of the time in reference to human beings be as a herd, and Again, it gets better she, over time. And I love, I love Liza Schlesinger as a comedian. Do you know I really who, do. Do you know who Meg Stalter is? I do not know who Meg Stalter, Meg Stalter is. Um, she's hilarious, and she is really worth following, and she is like conventionally unattractive, like. She does all these incredible characters. She is conventionally unattractive. She's like not she's not pretty. She's overweight. Like and like she is I'm sorry, she's a lot funnier than this Eliza person, like, you know, that in my experience. And like the chances of her rising to that woman's level is like very, very, very unlikely. You know what well, I mean? Well and then that creates another conversation, which is like, who are we not to like disparage like a Dykes out. Dykes no, Dykes, Dykes gone. Dyke is level room. Not to disparage as like a whole, like gender, like male and female, but sure. like who's being put in front of me? Right. Like I'm not trying to avoid anyone. Right. At all. Zero percent. But where I'm consuming media, the person you're describing does not exist. Mm-hmm. And it's not that like, oh, I see them and I ignore them. Right. They're not there. No, you're you're nailed it. Liza Schlesinger is there. And I'm 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 consuming her because she's in front of my face. Yep. That other person, I I actually believe and trust your opinions deeply. No, you've nailed it. And she's probably funnier, but she's not around. You're exactly right. And so like it it creates a situation where like all men are the same, all women are the same. Right. In the sense that what one or two people's decisions right. on this like on high situation based on who's going to be in front of a million eyes at a time right because like, because media consumption wise you are technically in the same group which is maddening because then someone like you know like Amy Schumer like pe- people the same reason people hate like like remember when Amy Schumer just got so overexposed that like I really you, struggle with her even I genuinely you, do even though you, even if you like her at some point you're just like god just Go away. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what's the series Unfortunate Events? Like, uh, what's his name? Super pretty. Uh, He played Marvolio in um, Captain Marvel. That doesn't help me at all. British guy. He played the boyfriend in the uh, New Year's movie with Jack Black and Cameron Diaz. Oh, Jude Law. Jude Law. There was actually a whole article pointed out about him because yeah. he had four movies drop in the same year. Yeah. Those movies were over the course of three to four years. Yeah. And he had, there. Were, it was like a case study done on him. Yeah. Where it was like all these movies dropped so much that everyone was so sick of him as a yeah. person yeah. that like the last two of the four movies did really, really poorly. Yep. Yeah. They were great movies. Yep. It wasn't that that wasn't the point. It was that someone was so overexposed, they were so fucking blinded by yeah. Jude Law, they yeah. didn't give a shit at the end of it. Oh, and it's so and bad like imagine that, but as a whole gender. I was gonna say like so so that and then take like like uh, like all these like you know everyone <laughs> the, the Lizzo backlash right now because like Liz- everyone loves Lizzo. <laughs> Lizzo has been marketed so <laughs> aggressively this summer. And, like, as a women's artist, like, she is an artist for women and queer people that, like, it's, like, you know, you become, like, branded with this, uh, you know, you become, like, gender branded almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Do you think... So... That was, I, that was the best yeah I've ever heard. Yeah. No, I, I, I was trying to think. I was, like, one, I was, like, is... I was trying to think... I was trying to extrapolate everything in my mind as you said it. You said a lot there. And I was like, 
like, is Lizzo branded as a queer person? Because as far is she a no. queer person? No, I mean, like, so she's so Lizzo is into kink. Lizzo is like goes to like leather bars in Minneapolis. Sure, time, but is she so. a queer person? Mm-hmm. No, but it, she might be marketed that way. Right, is right. What you're okay. Yeah. Um. So I have a theory. Um. That uh, there's always one black woman that is lifted up, almost like the Hunger Games. Oh my God, yeah. Where like you get there's like a black Katniss Everdeen and it was Oprah, and then it was Beyonce yeah. and now it's Lizzo. Yeah. And it's like we're not really worried about District Twelve; they can burn. <laughs> but like, give us one representative, yep. and we will put them. Yeah. We'll put them on high. It's fine. It's, a, it's an old house. It happens. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. That's... And so that's always been my thing when, for the past, I don't know, however many years, when it's like black women are like, oh, yes, Queen yeah. Oprah. Yes, Queen Beyonce. Yeah. Yes, Queen Liz. And I'm like, I'm glad you like this one black woman for whatever reason that you like this yep. one black woman. Yep. But there's um, literally millions of others that <laughs> I'm not hearing about. And literally all, like, all these, like, cultural movements, especially, um, like, slang, especially, like, T-Sis is a black woman, like, that is, that was something that started with black women, and it filters down through, like, queer society gets it. Drag queen culture. Drag queen culture, and then it gets, like, cycled down through drag queen culture to, like, white queers, who cycle it down to their white women. women. Yes. And and so, so... Yeah, so it all becomes very confusing to me when it's just like, and then it's like, oh, okay, and like Lizzo, and I'm like, well. No, our, like, all oh white women want a black woman cheerleader, but we don't want to actually help solve any of the problems that primarily affect black, black women. women. Like, right. uh, well, that's what's like, a little confusing for me. My like thing is, like, while yeah. accepting those women, because I want to be very open in, in accepting those women, black women in to our cultural bed. ethos, <laughs> like. <laughs> White women, aren't, <laughs> white women aren't trying to be naked. Like, they just aren't. They're not trying to yeah, but, execute but, but, a negative emotion. And what I'm trying to say is, like, oh, like it's, it's, it's very negative overall for people to feel as though they're being wrong by being excited about something. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to be over oh, the top. Yeah, like, like... Wait, back it up. Liz, Who, who's what not I'm saying is Lizzo naked? created a movement that wasn't... Like a bunch of black women, it was a bunch of white ladies. It's everybody being excited. It's everybody. It's I'm excited about Lizzo. Lizzo's amazing. She, her her album dropped two years ago, and that album excites me every time I hear it. Any song from that album, I'm like, fuck yeah. And it's we've gotten to this we've gotten to this zone where everything is so culturally and racially relevant that oh, we no, we, he's doing we, a white guy. No, 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 stop it! I'm allowed as a person. I'm upset by the fact that like it we 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 create such significant lines to describe it. And 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 like I'm upset because I'm a part of one of those lines, but I want to be the person that's like, "Yes, do your thing. Be yeah. the person." But like I also don't want like other people who aren't part of like the main reference to the initial source material to be put down by it because like well, most of those people are fine. Like, white ladies, they're good. There's 10% of them that, like, need that voice. They need that feeling. That, just like everybody else, they want... They need to be uplifted. And that song resonates with them solidly. Like, 90% of them 
Like, they don't need it. But that 10% that really needs it, like, they need it. Can I pause this? Very impassioned. Absolutely. Toy, just 